Welcome to another edition of the MIA All Day Podcast, my friends. We are back. It is a uh, a running late edition. I normally put these out on a Thursday or a Friday. It is now Saturday morning. Um, I'm grabbing my coffee here. No Diet Coke today. We need the good stuff here. This is that that good, good, good. Trying to get me through the morning, get me through this podcast. Sorry I've run late. As you know, Thanksgiving is next week. Uh, great time to spend with family, give the thanks, eat the turkey, and if you're Cuban, eat turkey and lechon at the same time, which I plan on doing a lot of both. Um, so what that means is got to get a lot of stuff done during the week. Uh, does not give you a lot of time to mess around if you were trying to clear out your work schedule for the following week. So that put me behind, which means we are running late on the podcast. The game's in a few hours. But I'm going to drop it right now anyway. Just drop it like it's hot. May only do an audio version. May do both. May delete if I look cute. I don't know. We'll see now. Either way, I'm going to get you this pod before the game just to give you the information you need. Uh, It's going to be very quick, very dirty. And that's the way I like it, to be quite honest with you. I like it quick and dirty. You know what I mean? No, you don't. That is my wife. Nobody. I'm really. When I talk about quick and dirty, I'm just. it's, It's fantasy at this point in my life. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Let's talk claims Canes Clemson. As you can tell, the coffee has not yet kicked in. I am struggling with consonants uh, constantly. So here we go. How do the Canes beat Clemson? Well, other than an act of uh, magic, some sort of ex machina player uh, circumstance dropping from the sky, chances are highly unlikely that the Hurricanes win this game. They are a 19 and a half point underdog. Um, Clemson, you know, although Florida State made a comeback towards towards the end of the game, handled Florida State pretty well for the most part. Florida State, as we all remember recently, uh, came in and beat Miami like a redheaded stepchild. And uh, that, that does not bode well for the Hurricanes. At home, by the way, which is not good either because Clemson has won 38 in a row at their house in Death Valley. Guess where we're going to play that game today? Yeah. The Valley of the Death. It's not going to be fun. Either way, it's great. We have low expectations coming into this game. So what does that mean? What does that mean for the Hurricanes and Hurricanes fans? It means, yeah, whatever. Anything goes, man. Anything goes. We could pull this one out. And if we were, so much much like the O.J. Simpson book that never came out, if I were to do it, or if I did do it, this is how I would have done it. So if we were to beat Clemson, and we have a shot to beat Clemson, what would we do? To get there, what would that look like, right? Okay. So um, I've watched a couple of Clemson games this year. Most notably, Wake Forest uh, watched um, earlier in the season against somebody else. Totally forgot who that was. Uh, but either way, I've also looked at the numbers and, and it confirmed some of the things I saw against Wake, some of the things I got to Florida State. Um, they have bigger, longer corners. They have, uh, you know, longer guys on the outside that aren't necessarily the most athletic and fast. They're solid, but they, they don't do a good job of playing the ball. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. Um, so I would say attack number nine, uh, Nate Wiggins, their, their top corner, 6'2". He's 6'2", 180. He's given up 315 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Fred Davis, the second. I believe that may be the son of the old Washington Redskins running back, Fred Davis. He's given up 260 yards, two touchdowns. His cover grade is only a 58.9. Toriano Pride Jr., he is the son of someone else named Toriano Pride. No idea who that guy is. But 
he's only got a 62 coverage rate and he's given up two touchdowns. Uh, their leading tackler, another junior, 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 Jeremiah Trotter, junior. Jeremiah Trotter was a hell of a linebacker. He leads the team with 22 tackles. Second on the team in tackles, Jalen Phillips. No, not that Jalen Phillips. Not the home team. Good guys, Jalen Phillips. That dude's playing for the Dolphins. And we are tearing it up, Miami. Seven and three. Dolphins, seven and three for the first time since 2001. Get it. Get it, Finns. Either way, he has 22 tackles as well. Uh, Their most concerning guys on the defensive line are number 13, Tyler Davis. Uh, He's an interior lineman. He's got five sacks. Um, On the outside, number five, K.J. Henry. He only has two sacks, but the dude has 29 pressures and eight hits on the quarterback. Dangerous. Offensively, it's the Will Shipley show, man. That's basically it. Will Shipley has over 849 yards rushing. Um, most of those yards, the bulk of the yards, and not, but not the bulk of the carries, the bulk of the yards have come around the right edge. That means outside of the tight end, on the edge, turning that corner, Will Shipley has 203 yards there, averaging 19 point, uh, sorry, 19. If he was averaging 19 yards carry there, I say shut the game down or load the right side of the defense uh, with like 10 guys. But he's averaging 9.2 yards a carry. He's got two touchdowns in that that right edge area. So if he's going to be running outside zone that way, uh, some sort of uh, power counter all the way outside the edge, that's going to be dangerous for the Hurricanes. So that means Hurricanes need to contain. They need to uh, make sure they set the edge on that right edge and don't allow Shipley to get outside of that. The bulk of his carries, though, where he has the most carries, is between the left guard and center, inside zone uh, on the left side. He's got 29 carries there for 178 yards, averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Um, ironically, ironically, he only averages 3.5 yards a carry between the right guard and center. So on the opposite side, the zone read on that side, not a lot of not a lot of success there for Will Shipley. His worst area is between the tight end and the right tackle. So inside the tight end and tackle, he only averages two yards a carry, but he's only got 10 carries in that area. Um so, you know, based on the numbers, obviously, they're like, screw that. Go one gap over. Let's get outside and get this guy on the edge. Um, DJ Ugalale, I'm not going to continue to try and pronounce his last name for various reasons. One of which is uh, somebody got pissed off because I made a joke and, and called him uh, Ukulele on Manny's podcast um, and uh, started lecturing me about how he's of some Samoan heritage and so is um, so are certain guys that we are currently recruiting uh, specifically guys on the offensive line right now and uh, ask me to have more respect and be better than that. And to that, I say, kiss my ass. And here's why. Don't sh- don't take things so seriously, my man. I was going to respond to you on, on YouTube, but I was like, forget it, whatever. What's the point? Uh, it's more of an alliterative joke than anything else. Um, and also happens to be, you know, Hawaiian culture. They use ukuleles. Uh, but I believe Tiny Tim was not Hawaiian, and he was very famous for the ukulele. So either way, relax. Not that serious of a joke. It wasn't a racial slur. It wasn't a dig at his uh, heritage. It wasn't a dig at anything. It was just an alliterative joke um, because I'm bad at pronouncing his last name. And guess what? Uh, People, when I was growing up, would make fun of my last name and call me Lego, my ego. Uh, They constantly still mispronounce my last name as Lido instead of Ledo. And uh, I don't get my panties in a bunch, my man. So, you know what? Thank you for putting the cape on and defending all of Samoan culture 
because I use the word ukulele as a joke to pronounce this guy's last name. I'm sure they're proud of it. Um, just basically loosen up. Man. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to be a dick, right? I don't mean to be a dick, but that was kind of a dick move by you. So I had to dick back in response, which um, now that it comes out of my mouth, now that that comes out of my mouth, saying it comes out of my mouth, that, that doesn't sound good. But either way, um, let's all have fun, man. That's what life is about. Listen, jokes are jokes. Uh, we are becoming way too oversensitive as a society um, when it comes to the things that we're able to talk about, have discussions about, um, make fun of, just enjoy, laugh. Life is life is hard, dude. Life can be pretty shitty. And if you're not able to laugh, and if you take away the joy of laughter and poking fun at each other, which normally, guess what, brings people together. Because it allows you to learn more about the other person and each other and, and know and become more comfortable with one another and get to the point where, you know, n- nothing bothers you anymore. You could just be open and free with one another and vulnerable. If we lose that and now everything is just every word that comes out of your mouth, if it's not exactly the way it should be, should be, uh, you know, justification or trigger for a war for, um, you know, anger or a fight. Like, come on, man. Chill out. It's okay. Not that big a deal, bro. You know, we, we can we can all have fun together. We can all have uh, a couple laughs. Hopefully we have some laughs today during the game, but not sad laughs. I'm, either way, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to need some laughter after this game. If we if it goes the way it's supposed to go. If it doesn't, if the Hurricanes pull out this upset, and I pull out put out a tweet yesterday that showed Spice Adams in a Kang, Kang outfit and says, this is uh, Kang coming in to our timeline and altering the future where the hurricanes end up winning. So he creates like a, a splintered timeline. And that happens. We're going to party. We're going to party tonight. All right. Anyway, here we go. So DJ uh, has scrambled for 112 yards. That's where he gets most of his work done on the ground. Seven yards a carry there. So again, the hurricanes need to contain him, keep him in the pocket, try and keep him from scrambling and bring him down. Most of his design runs are on the right edge. So that area between the tight end and the right tackle, that's where DJ likes to go. That's probably a lot of quarterback power zone read area. He's got 19 carries there for 81 yards, 4.3 a carry, two touchdowns. He's most effective between the right guard and center. So maybe quarterback draw area. Uh, that's He's got eight carries there for 76 yards, 9.5 yards per carry. So throwing the football. And we all know DJ is not a great passer. Uh, he's been much improved this year compared to last year. Um, but he still has his areas where he struggles. But one of them is not necessarily the deep ball. He's done okay with the deep ball this year. He's got a 38% completion percentage on throws of 20 yards or more. Um, actually, my mistake. He's got a 39% completion percentage on throws of 39 of 20 yards or more. Uh, that accounts for 660 yards. That's 30% of his passing total and seven touchdowns. So he's going to go deep about five to six times a game. If I'm DJ and I'm Clemson's offensive coordinator, and I've seen our secondary, and I've seen what they've done this year, I'd test us eight to ten times. So I would say get ready for the deep ball. Um, He struggles under pressure, but not when blitzed. So he's got a 60% completion percentage when he's blitzed. When he's not blitzed, he's got a 67% completion percentage. When he's under pressure, he's got he's got a 38% completion percentage. So again, we've heard this theme a few times. And this plays into the Hurricanes' defensive line strength. Get pressure. Don't blitz. Use the front four. Get in his face, right? If you can do that with the front four, you're going to have success. 
He's going to be wild with the ball then at that point, and the completion percentage drops like a rock, right? So uh, make sure to to be prepared for that, to try and create that sort of pressure with the front four. And if you're going to blitz, you better get home, because if not, that, that increases its chances of making uh, completions, because what that does is it singles up coverage on the back end. You're generally in man when you're blitzing, and DJ can find those guys or at least throw it up to guys that can make plays to come down with the football. Uh, very interesting also, 36% of all his attempts are either zero to nine yards uh, from the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage over the center. That tells me he's it's a lot of RPO game. So when those RPO glances finish, they finished usually over the center, a lot of over the ball routes, a lot of screens behind the ball. Um, so watch out for that because that's a big bulk of his percentage. That's most of his attempts are in that area. So given all that information, what, what do we draw? What do we glean? From this data, well, here's some more data. Uh, Notre Dame, when they beat Clemson, rushed for 263 yards and two touchdowns. They had two backs go over 100 yards. They only threw for 85. So, if you want to talk about a Mario Crystal Ball game plan with Curry Brown, a freshman starting at quarterback, ideally that's what he would like to see. He would like to see the Hurricanes bully Clemson up front uh, and and not put the ball up in the air too often and just control the game that way. Notre Dame also won the turnover battle in that game, two to nothing. Uh, so that's important to keep control of the football and not turn it over and cause turnovers on the other side. They also struggled covering Michael Myers. No, not not that Michael Myers with the mask and the <laughs> not that guy. Um, they're the Notre Dame's tight end. He had 44 yards. He got open a bunch. Uh, so they struggled covering him, which is interesting. And and going back to that Wake Forest game that I saw that uh, you know Wake Forest put a bunch of points up on Clemson earlier in the year. Jamal Banks, um, Wake Forest's receiver, he had 141 yards on six catches and two touchdowns. He was averaging 23 and a half yards a catch. What's so special about Jamal Banks? Is he really fast? Is he a burner? Nah. My man is 6'4", 208. Big receiver. They have an issue covering big receivers and big tight ends that can move. I'm going to get to what that means for us later on, but but you can smell it. You know what's going on. You know what I'm about to say. Um they are a below-average pass-blocking unit, so take advantage of that, as I discussed earlier, but they're really good running the football, so you got to really focus in on controlling gaps and slowing the run game down. Um, they also had a tough time with Ty Benson from Florida State. Uh, so did we, as you remember. Um, so to me, an elusive running back will come in handy this game. Dropping a little hint now. All right, so what are the keys to the game? Again, front four pressure on DJ. Uh, keep him in the pocket. Don't let him escape. And get him down. Got to get multiple bodies. So he's a big dude. He's not going to go down with the first contact. And as you know, our first contact is kind of like a pillow uh, slapping you in the face very softly. Um, our, our, our first contact from our defense is like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in miniature. Not the one from Ghostbusters. It's a big one because when that guy swings something, it'll hurt. Swinging a very soft uh, goose feather pillow lightly at your face. That's what first contact from our defense is like. So what we need to do is, is get as many stay puff marshmallow men with goose feather pillows on the ball as quickly as possible to try and get this guy down. You got to keep Shipley inside the tackle box, gang tackle him, try to get them in third and long to make DJ, you know, throw the football and get pressure in his face. You can go with a little bit of that uh, NASCAR three down package, whatever we call it now, uh, to try and get in his face. Stay over the top in the deep routes. You're going to be tested, so be ready for it. They're going to use the RPO game, so don't get fooled by it. you got to be secure in your tackles when they hit that RPO glance, that slant. Bring the guy down. 
Do not let them escape. Don't get them, let them get yards after the catch in that area. Um, I would say the Hurricanes need at least 275 yards rushing this game to stay in it and, and have a chance to win at the end. They also need to win the turnover battle. I would say at least three to nothing uh, to, to help have a shot to win. And if we're going to do something in the passing game, Colby Young, big receiver, good hands, jump balls, toss it down the field to Colby Young. Use Will Mallory and Jaleel Skinner in the passing game. Both big athletic tight ends, they'll have an issue covering them. Use him. Frank Ladson, homecoming, right? Just left Clemson, came to Miami. Use him in the RPO game. Use his size. Guys coming back to their old teams tend to perform well. Get them the ball. Don't be afraid to test those corners. Get Jalen the Knighton. Jalen the Knighton. He's the dark Knighton now, apparently. Uh, Jalen Knighton, get him at least 15 carries. He, he, he ran really hard last week. They have an issue with elusive running backs, as we saw with Ty Benson. Get him the ball, let him cut loose, and see what happens. And then mix in Henry Parrish if he's available. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. That's what we got. This is this is a game with low expectations, um, which could make it fun or just like apathetic. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Either way, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be enjoying. And uh, hopefully I can get this pod out to you guys now so you can get the breakdown on the brief before we uh, before we get it kicked off. So thank you. For listening thank you for watching if i do put it up on youtube don't know yet either way go canes <laughs>